What is going on, Panthers Nation? Carolina Dad here. Hope y'all are doing well. You're getting this episode a little bit early because I'm going to be at a work conference in Las Vegas from Sunday through Wednesday, which means I don't have time to record. Although, I am going to bring my laptop, going to bring my AirPods just in case something wild happens because it may with Brian Burns while I'm out and about and traveling. But here we go, folks. One, I'd like to apologize as we get this episode started for the visor. If you are watching the podcast, this is my last resort hat. I tend to run through hats and hoodies and shirts, and I have them all sorted up here. But some nights when I finish recording, I end up taking them downstairs. I'd already got everything set up, which is a pain as it is. And I was like, I'm not going back down. So we're rocking the visor. Could have went with no visor and just hair, but my hair is pretty dang wild. All right, folks. Let's jump in. This week's episode, we're going to talk combine preview, at least what we got out of Dan Morgan, Dave Canales. We are going to talk about, you know, let me pull up an agenda so we can make this official. Oh my gosh. NFL Player Association grades. Sorry, I have other content that I'm doing outside of this episode. Price increases for Panthers tickets, new practice facility. Huh. Tell me where you heard that before. And the latest on Brian Burns, are the Panthers going to trade him? Is that a potential? Now, before I get really into this, I got to take a second and pause and give a shout out to our international listeners. I've now been, say, streamed in, listened in 22 countries outside of the U.S. 22 countries. That's that's crazy. It's crazy, and I'm very appreciative of y'all. Like, you don't understand this. Germany leading the way. So when you look at the breakdown, 93% of my plays come from the U.S. Then the other 7% spread out across those, those countries. But Germany leading the pack for international countries with 3%. And we get into the weeds here. Ah, I can't pronounce this. I posted a picture I'm not, a, I can't speak German, but I posted a picture on X if you want to go out and see the percentages and the breakdown of the locations and regions within Germany that everyone's listening to. We've got that. In a close second, we have the United Kingdom at 2%, solid 5% right there. And the rest is just spread out. And we've got Australia, Canada, Ireland, Aruba, Philippines, Mexico, Belgium, Poland, India, Netherlands, Portugal, Denmark. Guernsey, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. Dominican Republic, Sweden, France, Switzerland, Hungary, Bahamas, Bangladesh, Singapore. Whole oh, man. Thank y'all. So, I mean, seriously, thank y'all. Talk about YouTube. Please, if you are watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this podcast, please go out to do YouTube and subscribe or subscribe and follow the show wherever you get your podcast. It helps me, helps ratings, and it will help the show grow so that we can do Bigger and better things moving forward. Give away free stuff. As you can see, I'm rocking the Panthers hoodie right now. I'm going to have Panthers. Two growls, one more. It's Panthers. I'm going to have some shirts coming out soon. All right, folks. Before we can get into the weeds of... No. Yeah. Before we get into the weeds of the NFL Players Association grading, let's talk about news that kind of impacts that just a little bit here. First news. Coming out of the Carolinas is a price increase on ticket sales at about 4%. 4% increase on ticket sales for a team that finished 2-15, and 15, the worst team in the league. And I got to say, 
I saw the fans that are that are mad, the PSL owners. Tepper, you know, if if you're really trying to upset the fan base, I get it. But in reality, you're just, you know, making it harder for opposing fans. Since those are the ones that are taking over the bank, I mean, maybe, just maybe, just maybe. I don't know. We got a lot of folks upset about that. And again, I'm not a PSL owner, so I can't speak directly on behalf of them, but I've seen quite a few people like debating if they're going to renew, if they're going to keep it, that people in the 500s don't feel appreciated. And I think all that is completely valid. And I understand the economy and I understand the state of things and wanting to make more money and sportsology coming in and helping you with the entire business model. And hey, you might want to raise your prices. But come on, man. At two and 15, really, dude, really? Two and 15, we're going to increase our, our prices. And I know I've seen other outlets going in and ripping on this. I was, you know, coming around a little bit with him in the background and we get this news coming out. Understand it though. It's, it's a business. It's a business model year over year in every industry that you work in. There's some kind of price increase. You got to increase prices in order to pay for all the overhead and everything that comes with that supply chain and yada, yada, yada. Man. Anyways, you've got that news coming through. Again, people not too pleased. Now. We've got news that uh, they're going to be expanding the practice facility or location here downtown Charlotte. So if you know, if you follow where the Panthers practice right near the stadium used to be that huge bubble. They took the bubble down and now plans have been submitted. So according to documents filed by the Panthers, the team wants to build a new field house and training facilities on its property. We talked about wanting to make changes. Some of those changes include rezoning the site, which would allow up to 5,000 people with temporary seating outside for events like training camp. I mean, you're moving training camp here. You got to have a place for people to sit to bring that in. Document adds that development could include temporary space for a restaurant or bar, retail stores, food trucks, and lodging for special events. I mean, all that makes sense. It's not going to be the hub that we've promised or planned for in Rock Hill. It's not going to be anything like the Cowboys facility and a lot of these other teams as, as far as what they are building in the modern NFL. It's a step forward. Now, the thing with this, and if you followed my show or you followed me months and months ago when they announced training camp was moving from Wofford into Charlotte, I said, guess what, folks? The days of Free, free, free training camp are gone. Gone. You're not going to be able to go for free, which is how it's been in the past. They introduced Ticketmaster. That's step one. Well, once you have people using Ticketmaster, next step, you just add a $5 fee or $10 fee. You know, you pay for the back together, whatever it's called, Fan Fest at Bank of America Stadium. Why not go ahead and charge tickets, do all those concessions? and everything that comes along with that for training camp. And that's what's going to happen. And with this mixture of charging to go, and it's going it, it, to, like, if you look at Sportsology and the, the people they've assisted, not only are they helping the front office, they're also helping for things like this. And we've seen direct quotes from some of those impacted by Sportsology that use them that talk about charging for, for training camp. Now, so not only will it be a fee to get in, 
you can say goodbye to autographs. So if you want to get an autograph, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of premium VIP experience or a section of, you know, sectioned off for people that paid the premium that, yeah, now you can go in and you can get your autographs because you paid that premium fee. Yeah, I'm still up in the air. I guess I'm going to have to wait and see like how training camp works out. You know, did have the benefit of our in-laws in Spartanburg and being able to stay there. So I am biased. I get it. I'm a homer because I'm biased because it was perfect for us, perfect for the family. Still going to think about it because we can still stay. And I just drive up to Charlotte, which is like an hour. I don't think I'd go for the four or five practices or whatever I went to last year. Probably not an option, but I know I need to go a little bit, get my name out more than what it is now start talking to some fans, get some fan interviews from, you know, those in-person sessions. But anyways, I digress. We'll move on. Does have a nice segue for me to talk about the NFL Players Association grades that are reported on by the players of the teams. And last year, the Panthers, and I remember when this happened, I was like brand new to this. Panthers came in at number 12 overall in their 2023 report card. Treatment of facilities, they got an A. Food services, they got a D. Weight room was a B. Strength coaches, A. Training room, B minus. Training staff, A plus. Locker room, B plus. Team travel, B plus. This year, down 17th overall. Let's look at the overview that was provided. The Carolina Panthers finish up in the middle of the pack, a little above that in this year's rankings, but they made several improvements to their facilities over the last year. The most significant comes from the changes made in the cafeteria. They hired a new head chef and made major innovations. 100% of returning player respondents said that the cafeteria food and program improved from last year. The major issue bringing down the team grade comes from the responding players' belief that club owner David Tepper is not willing to invest necessary money into the facilities. The number one example is the field surface in their stadium with ownership deciding to change from natural grass to synthetic turf in 2021. When asked this season, 100% of the player respondents in Carolina said that they would prefer to play on grass rather than turf. It's a major frustration within the locker room, feeling like they are being forced to play on a surface that is not safe simply because it's cheaper to maintain. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Cheaper to maintain because now you have Charlotte FC who I do follow and support now, Charlotte FC, changing out the facilities. You look at the concerts, you look at the high school football, much easier to maintain a field like this. But here's the slap in the face. When you bring in these international soccer football clubs from overseas and you bring in a grass surface because that's what they want to play on, but you don't do it for the team that you own, it says a lot about you and it's not a great look. What's different from this year and last year is this year we got a grade for coaches. And we got a grade for ownership. Let's talk about it. Treatment of facilities was a B. Food and cafeteria was a B. I should say that ranks seventh in facilities, 13th in food. Nutrition was a B plus, sixth overall, sixth in the league. Locker room was a C plus at 18th. Training room, C plus at 18th. Training staff, A minus, even though we got so many injuries. Okay, third. Weight room B, ranked 15th. Strength coaches A, ranked 4th. Team travel was a B minus at 11th. Get this, head coach. And I don't know if this is Reich, if it's Tabor, doesn't matter. A minus, 
but that A minus was 16th in the league. So almost half the teams in the league really like their head coach and ownership. Almost last in the NFL. Who would have thought? At a D, 28th overall. And again, we talk about the field and getting in grass. Temper wants to win some people over, at least win some players over. Just say, come out tomorrow and say, you know what? We're going to go out. We're going to put in a grass field just for y'all. Like, just do that, man. You'd make so many people happy, so many players happy. Better experience for them. Now, going back, let's look. I think Kansas City Chiefs have like the best overall ranking. I'm looking at the owner grades. So the worst owner grades, this is surprising. Tampa Bay had a D minus. They were below us. Cardinals had an F. Pittsburgh had an F. Kansas City had an F minus for ownership. How how does the best team in the NFL have that? It's mind-blowing. Head coach. Well, I guess let's look at the best owners. Wonderful Jerry Jones. He's not in the top. We have Vikings in Minnesota or Miami, excuse me, two A pluses. And then we get into a bunch of A's. Where are the Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys would be. Eh. All right. Well, he's the owner, general manager. Head coach. Three got A pluses. Minnesota, Detroit, Kansas City. Like I said, a bunch of A's and a bunch of A minuses, a bunch of B's and B minuses, the lowest grades. Atlanta Falcons, C plus, Washington, C, Las Vegas, D. I have to feel that was before Pierce took over. So maybe this was Frank Wright who was being evaluated. So in 2023, the NFL Players Association worked with Statler, Nagel, and research experts at Artemis Strategy Group to further enhance the survey process and provide third-party perspective. Yeah, the survey was administered from August 26th to November 16th. Artemis Strategy Group conducted the consensus survey online and provided access to every player on the 2023 NFL roster at the time of the survey. Total of 1,706 players completed the survey this year, collected anonymously, anonymously evaluated the current workplace based on club experience, included both closed-ended and optional open-ended questions, grades. Yeah, you can go read all this. Published, available for anyone and everyone to go out there and read. All right. Made it through, made it through the, the crux of the content. Now it's time to talk about NFL Combine, which is coming up. Well, as I record this, it will have started, or whenever you're listening to this, it's probably going to be in progress. Leading into this, we got to hear from Dan Morgan. And if you have not had a chance, go out to YouTube. I followed in the footsteps of Roll Coverage Pod. I did a reaction episode to Dan Morgan and Dave Canales. So if you miss their pressers, you can watch them on my channel. They're sped up at about 1.5 times speed. So it goes through a little bit quicker. I'll add in my comments to go along with it because I think it's good to have a little bit of context as you're listening. And I think you should do it. But we did get some answers to some of the things that we've been wondering, one of those being Brian Burns, like what is the state of Brian Burns? And from what we've heard from Dan Morgan, all options are on the table, which would include a trade. So we're talking about franchise tag, extension, trade. The window is closing. Like we've got, what, six days, I think is what I looked at today. Again, by March 5th, depending on when you're listening to this. So, you know, update your timeline. By March 5th, we got to make a decision on a franchise tag. 
I think the Panthers are going to have to tag him. I don't see a deal being in place before then in order to get this guy long-term. Now, I've got a whole other segment to break down the roster, which I'll talk about later. But that was that was the update. So kind of letting you know that anything and everything else is on the table. Frankie Lubu. Heard about Frankie Lubu and his situation. Dan Morgan would love to have him back. Who wouldn't want to have him back? Top free agent. But nothing is, nothing is guaranteed in this league, which we know. And that's what Dan said. And then you talk about Derek Brown wanting to get a contract extension for him in place. That is being talked about. Again, working through the process with, with all of those guys. We move into more of the how are we going to handle the draft situation. We know we need to attack wide receiver, offensive line. The, the idea is also being said, like, best player available. So whoever is the best player, now I don't know that that's, a, a, you know, means we're drafting the quarterback and that's the best player on the board at 33, but best player to help us get better. And that's the model we need. Now, what we hope for is that, for, you know, at pick 33, there's a quarterback or someone, likely got to be a quarterback, still on the board that a desperate team wants to move up and get in the second round. They trade up. Let us trade back a few spots, get maybe not a few spots, but trade back, go ahead and get, you know, a second round, a third round, build out a little more capital, still get your receiver, still get your offensive line and the help that you're going to need to satisfy. But that was the plan that Dan put in place. And you can go out and listen to that. He went into a little more detail. Still talked about Scott Fitter and being close to him, which is kind of just a Weird situation to listen to, but hey, they're their buddies. They work together and still friends. I said, I'm glad y'all can be friends all you want. Just don't have Scott consulting you as you talk about what your plans are and what you want to do with this team. Like just just leave him out of that, those conversations, please. For me, for everyone. Of course, we got to hear from head coach Dave Canales and pleased to hear him talk through strategy. Doesn't feel like it's a fix-it situation with Bryce Young. He's working on a full plan, and he talked about his time as he's worked with Pete Carroll and how they approach quarterbacks coming in with a plan, highlighting you know, where you think they can prove, how you're going to make them better, and they, getting a lot of respect from the quarterback and doing that. So we know he's going to be working on that. We talk about the roster. One of the things that I really liked, one, Chuba Hubbard's running back one. I don't think that's a surprise. Miles Sanders likely still going to be here. We know there's work to do in the wide receiver room. Iki Aquano is going to be at left tackle, not getting moved inside. So all the folks that are like, please move Iki inside, not going to happen. One of the things that Dave talked about was last year in Tampa Bay, the process that they went through and the roster that was intact. Now you had a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin who are two pretty dang good players, especially Mike Evans. But he was highlighting how in the offseason they didn't really get a lot of pieces on the offensive side of the ball. It was, it was primarily focused on defense. They were strapped for cash. They couldn't get big free agents. Again, like I said, you got the receivers there, so that helps. But you had the Baker Mayfield. And at that point, it's like, okay, guys, this is who we have. This is who we are. What can we do and build around to get us in a better position to win and execute? And that's exactly what he did. So I, I like that philosophy and being able to do that. He even mentioned how Jerry Vero was able to, to do that with the roster last year with all the injuries, and that's so true. So true of Jerry Vero. And really high praise for Ivero. And 
again, having him back. And this is again, Dave, super excited to have him. So all good stuff there. I'm probably missing bits and pieces because he spoke for like 20 minutes. But if you really want to go out there, I go say the last thing he talked about running the ball, being stubborn, running the ball. I'm like, hey, if we can get back to keep pounding, I love it. Even though we know Tampa Bay was one of the worst rushing teams in the league last year, it's good to hear that that's their emphasis and how they want to get better. So, all right, folks, it's about uh, running over 20 minutes-ish now or close to it, maybe, maybe. Anyways, I will be back next week and maybe in between with a modified episode. But anyways, that's all I got. If y'all like the show, please like, subscribe, follow if you're still here. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one.